The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by Century 21. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. Welcome into week four. The Redskins are undefeated this week. No, it's true, right? It's true. The Redskins are undefeated this That's week. That's true. We have yet to lose in week four. That's a good point here. Very good yeah. point here. Field Matthew hanging out with you on a Tuesday as we flip the page from week three yep. into week four. Are you okay? Uh, yeah. It's a I loaded am. question. It's a loaded question. It's a It's a loaded question because yesterday you and I sat here on this show and I was there, I was literally try, I was I literally I was on our Twitter page trying to find a link to the anyway whatever. I just tweeted it. At Did you? Yeah. No, I just went to at Fantasy Focus. It's not up on at Fantasy. Oh, Focus. I tweeted. I I I schedule these tweets Do for you? reasons You're like so that. You're so smart. So much better at the Twitter than I am. But anyway, so here's here's the thing. Okay. So you and I sat here on the show yesterday and I'm trying to decide which one of us got it right. So because you said, what do you think happens tonight? What I said you? the I, you got this one right. I 100% screwed it up. I said the Redskins would, well, thinking about it more. I said the Redskins would play the Bears tough early, and then the Bears would pull away. I thought, yeah, I thought what you said was basically, I thought you said Redskins lose in a close, play, play tough but lose in a close one. And I said, I think they get embarrassed on national television. I think they get blown out here. I think Trubisky balls out. I just think they get completely blown. But here's the thing. They actually were within a score at one point. Or they were they were close ish like within two scores. Yeah. Like if they'd gotten the no, two got point, right. if they got the two point conversion, um, they did open the game tied as Kyle Stewart points out, fair. right? So they were within fair. zero but, scores I mean, so, beginning of the game. No, it was embarrassing. Not, it was, but that's what it is. I want to say I think that since 1998, the Redskins are one in 17 on Monday Night Football. Is that, I think it's two in 17. Is it two? So and they've 17? got two going for them, which is pretty nice. Which is yeah, I mean you know it's just it's awful and. What's more embarrassing, I mean, there's there's so many things that are wrong, right? In, in addition to just being embarrassed on national television, again, uh, they were not embarrassed in front of their home crowd because that was a Bears crowd. I mean, I got, I, got, I, got a, I got sent a bunch of videos and tweets from fans or, or friends that were there being like, yeah, it's all, it's all, you know, black and orange out here. Like it was, you know, it was palpable. Like you could – and so – you know, I they did a they did a crowd shot just before kickoff, and there were a ton of empty seats, yeah. which never used to happen. And the seats that were filled were filled with Bears fans, which also never used to happen. And so, it's, I, I hate to say this, Matthew. Yeah, go ahead. I know everybody makes the Dolphins the butt end of their joke right now for which football team you'd least like to be. Wouldn't you rather be the Dolphins and the Redskins? The Dolphins this have moment? a plan. They have a plan. The Dolphins have a plan that whether you agree with it or not, the Dolphins are like we are. We are. Full on, we are tanking for Tua. We are stockpiling picks. We're keeping, you know, the few good young players that we like, but we are, it is a full on rebuild, but we, there, there's a plan. There's a plan there and there is, there does not seem to be one in Washington and it's disappointing. Listen, I'm a Redskins fan. I will be for my entire life. It's in my blood. I cannot get rid of it. I am not a Bruce Allen fan. Like I, you know, I'm just I'm not, and I think the problems at some point you are what your record are, and the record of the team under Bruce Allen, who has had complete control of the franchise. Everyone wants to blame Dan Snyder, and I get that, and ultimately it's Dan Snyder's call to keep Bruce Allen on that job. So I get that, right? But truthfully, 
Snyder has put money in. Whatever. I'm not. You know what, Matthew? All I'm going to say is I believe that uh, that this team does not get better as long as Bruce Allen is in charge of all the decisions. You see that? We've cleansed our palate. Now let's talk football. Final score was 31-15. So let's, let's grasp the small ray of hope that the Redskins do have. Because the Redskins do have one player, Matthew, that has got fantasy stardom already underneath his belt. Terry McLaurin oh, becomes my. the first player with five catches and a receiving touchdown in each of his first three NFL games. First player in NFL history to do that. Uh, there's only two players that have done it in all three games this season. Yeah. Terry um, McLaurin. Devontae Adams. Julio Jones. Julio! Ooh, he's, he catches touchdowns. I know. Now, I know. Daniel's yeah. surprised to hear this. I just uh, want to say this. I just yeah. want to get this on record. I think Julio might finally be elite. <laughs> like I Thanks think he's actually underrated now. Yeah, right? like yeah, he's, he's ever since I ever since I called him out on not scoring touchdowns, he's come out with a touchdown barrage. Oh, Daniel, and, do me a favor here. Do me a favor. So okay? Is he is he finally in your eyes better than Marvin Jones? Yeah, because I know he, for a long time uh, you had Marvin over him. It's like one A one B sort I need, of. But, I need a little help here, Daniel. Could yeah. you just just for me? And yeah, you bet, others, Okay, take these names. You ready for them? Sony Michelle, James Conner, Todd Gurley, and Stephon Diggs. And repeat after me. Or just you know what? Just say it in 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 consecutive name order. Each one of them is overrated. Please do that because you apparently have this magic touch. You reverse jinx people, right. and I could use some more touchdowns from those people. Not oh, too much not to bad. Ask. No, I will think. I'll tell you what. I'll think about it. By I'll the end of the show, it. pick one of them is overrated, and I'll make sure to trade for that player but, right but, away. But Daniel Dopp, for those that are sort of just tuning in or not understanding this joke, Daniel Dopp dug in his heels last year as not a joke in a dead serious way that he thought Julio Jones was overrated. Fair? When you say overrated, what you're not explaining is that yeah. I still thought he was a superstar, but mm. I would not draft him with a first-round pick because I did not like the value that would be returned from a guy that would score four touchdowns a year as a first-rounder. Well, now he has not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven straight games with a receiving He's touchdown. He's been crushing it, man. Your narrative has changed on Julio. So for the Redskins, Matthew, it's sort of one player plus for the Redskins you can trust in your fantasy lineup week to week. Um, McLaurin has 50%. 50% of the end zone target shares of this team. And, you know, like, he's the 10th best wide receiver in fantasy right now, right? He's got more fantasy points than Michael Thomas, more than DeAndre Hopkins, more than Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, it's pretty nice. And I don't think this is a fluke. Do I think he ends the year with more fantasy points than DeAndre Hopkins? Of course not. But do I think the usage is right? Do I think the talent is right? I don't think these are fluky plays. Like, he is a very polished route runner on a team that is going to throw. Like, Terry McLaurin is the real freaking deal. Well, not only that, but... Both both NFL-wise and fantasy-wise. The Redskins are going to be bad all year. Correct. They're going to have games where they have to throw it 45 or 50 times. It was 43 attempts last night for yeah. Case Keenum. Regularly. They got some production out of Paul Richardson in the second half of that game last night, but he's the clear-cut number one wide receiver. We talked about him playing basically every snap in week yep. one. Eventually, Dwayne Haskins figures to be the quarterback this year. The two of them already have a rapport, having played together at Ohio State. Terry McLaurin, you already feel good about as a top 25 to 30 play each and every week. I suppose. I think he's a, I think he's a top 20 play at this point. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the hell guy has, what else the guy has to do. I'm, only because, you know, 
wide receiver. We talked about the depth of it going into the season. Like, yeah, it, okay, top 20, that's fine. He is the 10th best wide receiver on the fan. It's sure, it's three fine, games. It's fine, it's fine. And now has the giant. Like, I, I don't know if you've done your ranks yet for this week. I have, yeah. Where did McLaurin rank for I you? 25. Okay, see, like, I would go higher than that because, again, tons of tar- a tremendous amount of target share and a great matchup with the Giants. Yeah, it, I just maybe it's because the first, like, it felt like it took him a while to get going last night with Terry McLaurin. Much of that damage came in the second half. That's fine. Fantasy points count all the same, whether they're scored in the first, second, third. It or did. He had quarter. he had one catch for twenty two yards that got called back uh, due to penalty. Um, but one thing I will say is I think Richardson is sort of like again for deeper leagues, you know, just a name to keep on the radar. Right? He's now caught a touchdown in two straight games. Right? He's got eleven to twelve targets over the past two weeks. Eight for eighty three and a score last night. Again, they are going to be in negative game script for the majority of this year, and so. You know, they just, they don't have a, a lot of other people to throw it to. I mean, I like Trey Quinn as like a nice sure, little player. Developmental and player, yeah. Vernon Davis, whatever, Jeremy Sprinkle, but like, who knows if we ever see Jordan Reed again this year. So, I mean, it's really going to be, for the most part, it's going to be McLaurin and Richardson. Things were pretty chalky otherwise. Adrian Peterson got the most rushing attempts, but Chris Thompson adds four catches for 79 yards. If you play Chris Thompson, the upside is in the passing game. The one thing I'll say on the Redskins to close the circle here is that it's a weird week with all the quarterback injuries, a couple of teams on the bye. Not that many people were starting Jimmy Garoppolo or any of the Jets' quarterbacks, of course. But if you're feeling like you need to roll the dice with a quarterback this weekend, Case Keenum plays the Giants. And Case I, Keenum's throwing the ball a ton. I've got him as quarterback 12 this week. I was just going to say, like, Jay Gruden came out after the game and he was asked about McLaurin and, and Jay Gruden, like, shot that down. I don't I think you th- mean Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne, sorry. What did, yeah, I don't know. What, what did I say? Case McLaurin. Keenum, McLaurin. Yeah, he sorry. did not shoot down. He's yeah, like, he, no, no, McLaurin's no, going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Uh, I misspoke. You were correct. After the game, he was asked about Dwayne Haskins. Yes. And Jay Gruden shot that down saying they were going to stick with Case Keenum, that they needed some continuity on offense. Um, and so, look, Case Keenum had a bad game. There's no way around it. Like, he yeah. had a bad NFL game, but he got no help whatsoever. That offensive line just got decimated. So, I'll say one last thing that's actually the last thing here is that I understand why people are wondering, like, why not play Dwayne Haskins? First of all, it sounds like Dwayne himself might not be ready. Yeah, I don't think he is. Second of all, remember, like, I don't want to call it mutiny, but the frustration that veterans expressed after week one when Adrian Peterson was a healthy scratch? Yeah. Case Keenum is a captain of this team. He's a veteran player. And I get it. That should not be the only merit to starting. But you've got to operate Monday through Saturday. And we don't know what's going on. For all we know, the unquestioned leader of this team Monday through Saturday is actually Case Keenum. Now, what happens on Saturdays or, in that, or on Sundays or in that case, uh, Monday night last night, that's a different story. But leadership, some of the intangibles do matter specifically at quarterback. So I, I'm not saying that I'm super inspired by Case Keenum. But I also, it's not hard for me to envision why it's more difficult for Jay Gruden to go to Dwayne Haskins than people sort of make, want it to be. It's interesting. I, I saw a lot, a lot of, uh, Redskins beat writers, including John Kime, who does a great job for us covering the team he has for years, uh, love John Kime, has said that, you know, the expectation is that Colt McCoy would actually be healthy and maybe, you know, so honestly, I think if Case Keenum for some reason does not start against the Giants on Sunday, I think it would be Colt McCoy, right. not Dwayne Haskins. I think this but, is bubble wrap. Dwayne Haskins for a year and don't expose them to this nonsense. Not, not until Trent Williams gets back, and who knows if that's ever happening. This this franchise is all right. It's, and, a, it's, 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 it's sad. It's disappointing. It's it's tough to be a Redskins fan the, these days. 
Uh, but I do agree with your thought process here that Case Keenum is a very viable streamer this week. I mean, coming into the game, he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And, about, you know, I mean, you know, he threw for over 330 yards in this one. A ton of turnovers, of course, but I don't expect those turnovers to happen against the Giants. And, you know, for DFS, I'm sure he's dirt cheap in DFS. I haven't looked at the prices. Baker Mayfield replacement this week yeah. would be a very smart name there uh, for those who are looking to add a quarterback for Week 4. Let's get to the Bears. Um, it was a fine game for the Bears offensively. The story for them was really defense, right? Uh, but Mitch Trubisky had a lights-out second quarter. Three touchdowns. All of them came in the second quarter. Uh, they all went to Taylor Gabriel. I'll say this, Matthew. Um, I had a tweet queued up, and I was getting ready to fire away, and I said, Please be a little bit more patient. Typically, a quarterback is supposed to go make a decided leap in not just from year one to year two, but also year two to year three. Mitch Trubisky was making that leap backwards through right. two games and about three quarters of one quarter last so, night. So you had you had a snarky tweet lined well, up. Just like, but I think, well, I, be honest, maybe snarky, but also maybe like maybe a true right. Like one of the narratives this offseason was that Mitch Trubisky could be much better in the second year of Matt Nagy's offense, sure. right? I get it. It was fine last night, but I, I'm still not fully bought in there. I think last night, like, it was great for fantasy. People that played Mitch Trubisky are probably happy, but I still don't trust him as my weekly starter. I was literally going to say, so you and I didn't talk about this before the show, um, uh, but we are on the complete same page here. Like, I was going to say, like, to the extent that you can, it's always tough to trade a quarterback, but maybe in a, even in a two-quarterback league, I would trade Mitch Trubisky. I would try to sell him high because here's what's concerning, right? So the three touchdown passes are nice, yep. but it was a lot of dink and dunk. Like he, he he had the one nice play to Taylor Gabriel, long pass, but for the most part it was dink and dunk. And here's the other thing. He's not running. Yeah. He's not running at all. One rush for two yards in this game, and a lot of his fantasy value last year came from the from the rushing. And so when you think about, like we talk about this with Cam Newton, like this is one of the things we did on the fantasy show on ESPN+. Plus. Without his rushing, Cam Newton uh, averages 13.3 fantasy points per game as a quarterback. Is that, uh, Thirsty Kyle, where, where, how, what was the time frame on that? I'm forgetting that. He's going to look it up for me right there. But we we looked it up. I think I think it's actually for his career. For his career. Um, about for that? his career. But uh, Thirsty Kyle is going to make me honest. No, it's, yes, cor- it's correct. It's for his career. That's, so, um, I mean, you know, 13.3 points, that's outside your top 20. Like, that's, that's not even startable, right? So... Mitch Trubisky, without the rushing, 13.2, even worse. 13.2 for his career, Cam Newton, without the rushing. And so that's what I feel like Mitch Trubisky is. Without, he's like Cam Newton without the rushing. Mitch Trubisky without the rushing is like, like three touchdowns are nice, but still, in a game in which they dominated, in a game in which, uh, they got great field position, time in and time out, where the Bears got five turnovers and only one was returned for a touchdown. So they got great field position throughout the game, 231 yards. Three touchdowns. Like, it was a good game, but it wasn't an amazing game. Right, and this is a great stat that Kyle posted. 16.8 points in the second quarter alone last night for Trubisky. Yeah. In all of their quarters this season, 11 of them in total, 16.5 fantasy points. I mean... So I still would not trust Mitch Trubisky as my weekly starter, especially not against the Vikings in Week 4. But he is far from the most disappointing bear, Matthew. Oh, there's no question about it. But again, that would be my take, is if you can sell high on Mitchell Trubisky off of this game, do so. I would do so, because there are some warning signs there. Uh, I have not written my love-hate list yet, but he will certainly make the hate list this week. I agree with you. You want no part of him against the Vikes. If you were going to rewrite your love-hate column for the year, I imagine which side David Montgomery would land on. Oh, my goodness. David Montgomery 
Emery, who I took the bait. I heard all the buzz. I told people talking him up and local reports that he's crushing training camp yeah. and all this, and the Bears are infatuated by him. What are they infatuated by? Him getting like four yards and a cloud of dust on each run. 13 <laughs> runs for 67 yards plus three catches for 14 yards. And I know sometimes the stats don't tell a story, but am I missing it so far? Has he been a dynamic runner so so far? Things can change, but he's so had, far. He's had moments. He's had flashes. He's had a play here or a play there. Okay. But in terms of a consistent body Christian of work, McCaffrey no. has a play like every 12 minutes. Yeah, I know, I know. So, no, I'm just saying in terms of you're asking, like, has he had, like, a, a dynamic run where you see something? Yes, there are moments like that where you sort of see it, but there's other moments where you're just like, okay. And then there's other things that, that are curious where you're just like, sort of the usage, because like they used him to sort of close it out towards the end of last, uh, last night, but they didn't do much with him getting up there. And it just, so you wonder for a running back, especially a young running back, that it's hard to get in a rhythm. And they do so many different looks and so many different, you know, packages. You know, I mean, right. they, it's they kind got, of the they, Patriots like, right? You know, it's rare that a guy is just going to dominate the rushes week to week. We, we thought that was going to be the case. And we certainly like, I think, you know, like, I, but I'm pretty sure I had Montgomery on my love list this week. Did I? Thirsty Kyle, I did. So I had him on my love list this week. I can, uh, you know, I, I don't so many players. Well, right. And I got that one wrong. But one of the reasons I had him on the list was because he got 72% of the Bears rushing touched in, uh, rushing touches in week two. Now he wound up with 72% of the Bears running back carries in week three, but just the way that offense went around when they got in close, like Cordero Patterson's getting a goal line run. Right. You know, and they that's threw the it problem. close. Because that's the problem with how he's performed so far. I don't know what his total number of fantasy points are through three games. And that's sort of irrelevant for the moment because we know it's not what you expected it to be if you were using a top 25 pick on David Montgomery. Oh. And by the end of the August, brutal. there were people that were using a top 25 pick on David Montgomery. And the other thing I will say here, and, and you know, this is not calling any, any one specific fantasy analyst out, but like, because we're all as guilty of this as anything, right? But like our job isn't to say like we think David Montgomery's really talented. Our job, for better or for worse, is to say, does Matt Nagy think David Montgomery's really talented? Yeah. Like, because we like him. We think he's talented. We think there's something there. Here's what's in, like, Lou Riddick. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to call out Lou because Lou is one of, if not the smartest guy we've got in the building. Lou is amazing. And Lou came on the fantasy show on ESPN plus in the preseason. We were talking about the Bears because he had just come from Bears camp and he could not have been more effusive about David Montgomery and how the Bears coaching staff felt about this kid hmm. and Lou talked him up on the show saying like how he thought he was going to have a very big year um, because of just how he knew they felt about him in terms of how they wanted to use him in the passing game and the versatility of him and what he brought to that offense and how Matt Nagy was excited about it and so I mean like like I said like Lou Riddick's as smart a guy as we got in this building and, and so I don't know, man. It's um frustration it's, with it's David frustration Montgomery. and it's it's um puzzling. Uh so, you know, free David Montgomery. Uh you know, like hey, everyone that's protesting in Green Bay, just if he can just head down to Chicago for a day as well, change the signs real quick. No, they're they're loving this in Green Bay. Well, I understand, but you know, like for for us that play fantasy. Um <laughs> going forward, he until we see more consistency out of David Montgomery. Yep. For me, he is a cross-your-fingers flex. Correct. That's exactly what I was going to say. A cross-your-fingers flex. Like, if we had to, if if we actually did, like, RB3s and RB4s, he'd be right on the border of RB3 and RB4, yeah. right? 
just uh, he's, he's he's like one of those guys where you're just like depending think. on the yeah it's just like you know in a given week him or James White you know you're it's sort of in that range where you're like I'm, I'm even more optimistic on James White that's for sure I mean well, at least there's passing well, game value and they score touchdowns in New England them till last night they barely scored touchdowns well, in, in and, Chicago and, and by the way like we we didn't really talk about this pre-show that we but we should just mention very quickly just as long as we're talking about New England running backs I don't think people understand or appreciate what a big loss James Devlin is to that New England running game. Yeah, fullback placed on IR yesterday because of a neck issue. We'll see if he returns later on this season, but the guy has been a Pro Bowl fullback, and we don't talk about fullbacks really at all for fantasy purposes, and not really in the real world of football because they're sort of a dying breed. But uh, James Devlin going on IR, certainly an area to monitor for the Patriots. And Two it makes, offensive it just linemen makes me on IR plus fullback. James, yeah, indeed. So that's what uh, I'm Jacob saying. Like James, Johnson James from the White, international Mike. program steps up into that role now. Well, listen, I'm what, sure what, you had him on your fantasy uh, radar, of course, obviously. Uh, but what you're counting on there is you're just you're counting on the system. You're counting on the Patriots. You're counting on Belichick and McDaniel's. But I would be. I am. With a James Devlin injury, I am less optimistic on Sony Michelle turning it around in a big way and more optimistic, to your point, on James White that maybe they, they try to get more creative and they're using their running backs more in the passing game. We'll get to more injury news in just a minute, but first, Matthew Barry, tell us a little something about a little something. Oh, sure. Hang on. Pull out your papers. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I got, it's, I, it's over left. here. It is. There it, it is. is. It is. Yeah. Here we go. There you go. You got you this. Go. You got this, Dad. Yeah. All right. So, you know that fantasy football feeling? Which one? You know, when the excitement for a new week builds? Ah, uh, yeah, I know that one. Like, right <laughs> now! Like, right now, where you're like, your Redskins haven't been embarrassed on national TV yet? Yeah, exactly. You flex your analytical skills by pouring over stats, studying charts, and trying to spot trends. Well, what if I told you that you could use those same skills to invest and feel that same sense of anticipation every single day? TD Ameritrade thinks you can. Okay. That's because a lot of the same analytical skills that you use to set your lineup can help you build a portfolio. Not to mention, TD Ameritrade has all the education and investing tools you need to feel confident when you take the trading floor. There's paper money, so you can practice trading risk-free field, charting to help you spot trends in the market, and they'll even create an investing training plan that's unique to you and your needs. Complete with exclusive videos, webcasts, and courses. Just visit tdameritrade.com slash fantasy to learn more. Once again, that's tdameritrade.com slash fantasy to get started. Member SIPC. Good stuff there. So now let's get to the injury that is the story of the weekend in fantasy football. Saquon Barkley had an MRI on Monday, and Adam Schefter reports the ankle issue that he suffered on Sunday is expected to cause him to four, uh, to miss four to eight weeks. Four to eight weeks for Saquon Barkley, who has been was drafted as one dot oh one. Certainly, um, you know the foundation of many people's fantasy roster this year and championship rosters last year. Matthew, so we now know the time frame, or at least a a framework of the time frame. Wayne Gallman, the next man up in the Giants' backfield. For the moment, what is your confidence level in Wayne Gallman? So that's a good point. So when you say for the moment, that to me suggests right away, like not that confident. I'm just yeah. not that confident at all. Like, if this were Green Bay and Aaron Jones went down, I'd feel confident in Jamal Williams sure. being the next man up. But in New York, with Saquon Barkley going down, I don't know how confident I feel in Wayne Gallman. I'm going to add him if I can, and I'm going to play him this weekend in a flex spot if I can. But more importantly, we don't know how confident the Pat Giants are, yeah, and Dave Gettleman are 
in Wayne Gallman. So as of the time that we're doing this podcast, Tuesday morning yep. at 10 a.m., the Giants have not made a roster move yet. But there is there has been speculation, and they've talked about the fact that, you know, hey, we may add somebody. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people sort of connecting the dots think C.J. Anderson, the former Panther, uh, you yeah. know, could who's a free agent, obviously released by the Lions, could he, could he wind up there? You know, there's some other guys there. Yeah. Uh, Jay Ajayi's out there. Do they make a trade? Yeah, I doubt on that one, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. right. I mean, but I'm just saying there's names right, out there. There are, names, there, there are yep. names out there. Some people have talked about trading for Kenyon Drake. Can't really see that happening. But Orleans never, Darkwell would make yeah, some sense. Sure, sure. But my point is, is like, we don't know that it's going to, that Wayne Gallman's going to get the kind of touches that Saquon Barkley did, that they may add another piece and it just may be more of a running back by committee. So, Okay. Agreed on that, and we've talked about Wayne Gallman. We've talked about him yesterday, and we sort of established his value, right? Like right. it's a cross your fingers flex. flex. Maybe would it be yeah, a look, borderline cross your fingers RB2 if things go well? Yeah, look, he's a starting running back in the NFL on yep. what I believe is a functional offense. I think under Daniel Jones, I think this offense is going to be decent. Sure, like, not I great, agree. But, but it's, decent, gonna, it's yeah. going to be functional. Good matchup and this so, weekend. Yes, great matchup this weekend. So the starting running back on a functional offense has value in fantasy football. It absolutely does. And if you want some sort of, you know, silver lining here. So when Wayne Gallman has gotten 10 or more touches in a game, he averages 10.4 fantasy points per game for his career. So like sort of usable ish. But so, yeah, I agree. I agree. So I think we, we agree. We have the similar expectation for Wayne Gallman. Cross your fingers, flex to start. Maybe if he shows really well, he's a borderline RB2. Until Saquon Barkley yeah. returns. Until again, we think this th- offense will be this offense will be throwing a lot. It yeah. will be more efficient. Gallman's a decent pass catcher. So again, if he gets kind of a significant amount of playing time, and that anyone they add is just depth and not an un- running back by committee kind of thing, then he becomes a little bit more interesting. But I will you know say, what? yeah, go ahead. I don't think that's the most important part of the Saquon Barkley storyline right now. Okay. I think the thing that people are wondering right now more than anything else, more than Wayne Gallman, because I think that everybody feels similarly about him. Yeah. And is, he's the, it, is, he's the, he's the number one waiver claim for you this week, I would assume, right? Um, I had Nelson Aguilar ahead of him, short week, you know, probably sure, feel sure. better about the, the value there. There are a couple of guys. I, I don't necessarily have a one through ten system, but he's right there in the mix. Daryl Williams, Wayne Gallman, Nelson it, Aguilar. It also depends on what you need, right? I mean, yep. cause I, I would think, my guess is that if we're sitting here a week from now, who scored more fantasy points this week? I would feel better about Aguilar in a decent matchup, obviously, than Gallman. But if I need someone for the next month in a flex spot, I feel better about Gallman because Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are going to be back sure. sooner rather than later. So, but but back to this Wayne Gallman conversation. I think it really is about Saquon Barley, Barkley and the trade value here. Both trading him away mm-hmm. and attempting to trade for Saquon Barkley. I think that's what people are going to be asking. Yeah. Four to eight weeks of the best player in fantasy football coming into this season, potentially being out. Now it's a floating target. Four to eight weeks. Those are two very different things. Yeah. Maybe the Giants put him on injured reserve because at that point, they would guarantee him being out for eight weeks. It would give us clarity for them. It would not have to rush him back at all. They could resist the temptation to doing so, and they might need the roster spot. But let's imagine a scenario that you roster Saquon Barkley right now, Matthew. Let me start to throw some names at you. And sure. if I say to you, I offer this player right now. This is not a trade that takes place two weeks from now. And right, right now. now. Okay. Gotta do it right now. Yep. I offer you Aaron Jones for Saquon Barkley. Are you accepting? What's my record? <laughs> okay. So let's get a little I'm bit dead, more. I'm dead serious. Okay. So, I'm dead, I'm, but I'm dead serious. Like if I am one and two. Okay. Two and, and one. Two and one. How about that? We'll go to two and one. You're two and one with Saquon Barkley. Two and one or better with Saquon Barkley. And I offer you Aaron Jones. Yes or no? Probably doing that. Okay, fire for you, Devontae Freeman for Saquon Barkley. You're two and again. You're always two and one or better here. 
not doing that. Not doing Devontae Freeman. If I offer you, I was going to say, James Conner for Saquon Barkley. Probably doing that, yeah. You're probably doing James Conner. Okay. If I offer you Philip Lindsay for Saquon Barkley. Not doing that. Not doing that. I know the answer is no on Sony Michelle. Correct. Um, if I offer you Leonard Fournette for Saquon Barkley, are you doing that? No, but I think most people would. Okay, so you're thinking long and hard about Leonard Fournette, even though you would not. Do I'm it. not a Fournette guy. Understood. And, and, that's fine. And, and I and I worry about injury with him. And but but my point is, is I think more, most people would say yes to that. Right. Fair about fair enough. Um, last one here, and probably a yes, but you know, he hasn't been great so far. David Johnson, yes or no? Yes. You're taking David Johnson. Okay. And a heartbeat. So what I wanted to establish there is sort of the line. I think I kind of have a feel for it. Basically, if you have Saquon Barkley and someone offers you an RB two. You're at least thinking about it. Yes. Like, that's about the range. Like, obviously, if someone offers you Alvin Kamara, no, no, of course. Dave, like, Dalvin Cook, any of those guys but are it, taking But again, it also goes to, but I mean, Joe the reason Mixon? I wasn't, no, I don't want Joe Mixon. But, okay. um, that I'm passing on. I'm, I'm so nervous about that offensive line. Uh, I, I would want out of the Joe Mixon business. Got it. Um, this year. And it's no fault of Joe's. Uh, but here's the thing. The reason I asked about the the record is I think that's important, and I also think no, I understand that, and it's hard to answer that in a vacuum because it's like, well, what's my running back depth? You know what right. I mean? Like, I, I so, know, but when we're getting you know a thousand questions sure, asking sure, about sure, trades, sure. we're trying our best to answer as yeah, many yeah. as we can. Yeah, yeah, but I, but my my fear with the reason why I took like somebody like Aaron Jones um, was first of you know I just you know I believe in the talent, and I know that I, that offense is going to be run heavy this year, and even half of the Packers, you know, and the schedule gets easier for them as well. But the other thing is, is that I'm nervous that it's within the realm of possibility, I believe, that Saquon Barkley's played his last game this year. Whew. Let me, hear me out. Ooh. Okay. Hear me out though. It could be eight weeks, right? That's within the timeline. Okay. It's four to eight weeks. Yep. We just don't know. Now listen, Saquon Barkley's superhuman. Like, he's Literally, made of yeah, different yeah, DNA yeah. somehow than you and I, right? right. I mean, that, yep. this guy is superhuman. Like, so, uh, like if he was back next week, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, Saquon sure. Barkley is like, uh, is just, you know, an absolute beast of a man. But, uh, if it's the eight week period, like he puts eight, it, it, and now we're in week 11 or week 12, right? Yeah, I get it. I get and it. And the, and the Giants are, the Giants are four and eight. Yeah. Okay. So I think they play him because I think they want to have Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and sell an ounce of hope to this fan base that is just desperate for it right now. I don't think he's done. I am not, I'm not saying I think he's done, right. but I'm saying it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, a lot of things in life are. So I'm not, exp- I, I don't, I, I view that as a virtually, I mean, it's like barely a non-zero chance. Barely, in my opinion. See, I would, barely. Put, I think there's a 15% chance. And I'm putting in a 1% chance. So it's hard to say, but regardless, but the one thing I will say, just let's take the reverse of that. If I'm three and O, if I'm three and O and I've, I've hit on a couple of guys, like, I'm, you know, making it up here. Keenan Allen's like, your third round pick. Yeah, I mean, like, whatever. Just like you got, you, you're getting running back production that you didn't expect. Like, for example, um, uh, like Devin Singletary, who is like we think is going to be good. Like, if you've got like some decent running back depth, yeah, and you're three and zero, like I would make a low ball offer for Saquon Barkley, especially if the person in your league is sitting there at zero and three or one and two with Saquon and probably going, oh man, yeah, what do I do? Right, you know. So I agree. I would, you know, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely do that. So let's keep things moving here. Cam Newton has already been ruled out for week four, and Joe Person of the Athletic reports he's got a list Frank issue, which oh always boy. scares me. That's not good. He that described it good. as being out indefinitely. Here's what we know: Kyle Allen 
is the next man up. He played last week, and he played really well. He, of course, makes the waiver wire column. So, again, Matthew, understanding that Kyle Allen is going to be starting indefinitely, there are two questions here. Two. One, should you drop? Uh, would you drop Cam Newton? And yes. Two, okay, that's easy. And two, of the quarterbacks, just to reiterate from yesterday's conversation, for those who may have missed it, of the quarterbacks that are buzzing about right now as waiver wire pickups, right? Bzz, bzz. Daniel Jones, Kyle Allen, and also Jacoby Brissett we talked about yesterday. Which of those? Case Keenum. Case Keenum. So, again, but so let's call it a four-week window. Who do you want most? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones won number one for the next four weeks. Okay. And then would then Kyle Allen. Yeah, so we expect That's how I rank it. Would you agree with that or no? Yeah, I would. Is that how you rank them? I would. It's it's, it's a blend of schedule. It's a blend of the fact that I said indefinitely, and I give you a four-week window, but like maybe indefinitely means three weeks, right? And then Cam Newton's back. So four weeks of Daniel Jones knowing what he's going to be. Correct. Barring, first, there's a little bit more rushing upside with Daniel Jones that isn't there with Kyle Allen. And there is, like, barring injury, Daniel Jones is playing every game for the rest of the year. Correct. At some point, Cam... There, there's a chance that Kyle Allen loses his job because Cam is ready. Now, I believe there is also the same thing that, like, that there, uh, that there's a chance, especially if Kyle Allen look great, Kyle Allen look great, and if the Panthers go on a run here, that they're just sort of like, Cam, you know, you should really take it a little, you know, we think you need another week or two. Like, I don't think they rush him back. You know what I'm saying? That one I agree with. Yeah. Like, that one I could totally see happening, where, like, they say, hey, listen, like, we got to be mindful of Cam's bigger picture and our bigger picture, and let's develop the heck out of this kid. And and maybe, especially if, if he breathes life into their playoff hopes, and that division looks a lot different already than we expected it to going into week four of the season. Drew Brees is out for maybe five more weeks. The Falcons have sort of sputtered one, two. The Bucks, the Bucks have done Bucks things. So, yeah, you with you on that one. Yeah, so they have something... Uh they have, I think they've 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 found something here with Kyle Allen, and I like him this week at Houston. Like I think he's a viable like fill in this week. I I prefer Daniel Jones. Yep. Uh, both this week and and longer term, especially at home against my Redskins. But you know, at Houston, uh, you know, Texans team that Philip Rivers just threw three hundred yards against, like you know, that hasn't been great in the secondary. Kyle Allen can play. Like we we yep. talked about this last week, and um, I'm so I'm in on Kyle Allen as well. Two first names. Always a crowd, please. We are going to come back and talk about waiver wires in a second with a word from Daniel as well. But first, do we have the fit, the clip from the fantasy show? Are you going to read first, Daniel? Yeah, I got to read first. Okay, Field. I, I mean, come on. Other order worked. Listen, guys, hiring can be a slow process. No, and can't. it's obviously can't. because I got a guy like Field who doesn't even know the order of the show. I've been trying to find Man. someone to get in that seat. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company but he was having trouble finding qualified candidates. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidates rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. See what I did there? That was good. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for business of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free 
at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now, Field, if you are watching our live stream, you are going to see a quick video, and then we'll come back and have more waiver wire conversation after that. The first player on our waiver wire this week, Matthew, I'm going to hand it over to you to host for a minute. But first, I will tell you about Nelson Aguilar, who's available 63% of leagues. He's scored in each of the past four games in which he's caught three-plus passes. They played last week. They play on Thursday. Dalshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson did not practice last week, which makes you believe there is a chance, if not a very good one, that both of them do not play again on Thursday night, which would lead towards Nelson Aguilar being the guy in the Philadelphia passing game against the Packers in Green Bay on Thursday night. They've had to throw a decent amount. It hasn't always been pretty, but, you know, uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside did not have a strong game uh, last week, and so my expectation here is Aguilar, who scored twice, yes, should be a focal point along with Zach Ertz of the Eagles' passing game as their running game continues to sort of struggle, hasn't really gotten any consistency there. So I get it on Aguilar, but speaking of that Thursday night game, Eagles-Packers, there's a guy facing Aguilar that you're interested in as well. Marquez Valdez-Scantling for the Packers wide receiver who made it by the narrowest of margins, 49.9% roster ship on Sunday night. He may have actually crossed the threshold by Monday for those that have rolling waivers in their league. This season, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has 22 targets to Geronimo Allison's 7, whereas Geronimo Allison's air yards per target is just 3.3, MBS is 10.8. He's the better big play potential. He seems to have a connection and a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Pretty simple right here. MVS, the preferred number 2 wideout in Green Bay. Yeah, it seems very clear that through three games that he's the guy, not Geronimo Allison, that's the number 2 wide receiver in Green Bay, and For the last five years that Aaron Rodgers has been healthy, the number two wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers has averaged 14.3 fantasy points per game. Last year, that would have been wide receiver 23 on a points-per-game basis. So there is value if you can be the number two wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. It's a slower offense than we're used to in Green Bay. It's a more run-heavy offense than we're used to in Green Bay. But still, again, as we've talked about before, before you guys fully panic on the Packers and this offense, realize they played the Bears. They played the Vikings. They played the Denver Broncos. It gets easier for them. MVS is a great choice there. Now, Fantasy Trends brought to you by TD Ameritrade Field. And so let's go to Jacksonville, where everyone in the preseason thought D.D. Westbrook was the Jags wide receiver you want. You've got a different name for us. Well, he could very well still be the Jaguars wide receiver that scores the most fantasy points this season. But at some time, you have to just let the good times roll. And DJ Shark has scored a touchdown in each game so far this season. He's got a 50% red zone share, a 50% end zone target share this season. He's recording a catch on nearly 18% of his routes. He joined the other elite and Terry McLaurin as the two players with 55 receiving yards and a touchdown reception in all three games this year. Trust the hot hand, or at least play the hot hand with EJ Shark. And by the way, this didn't come out of nowhere the way I think some people thought. Like, um... There were a lot of reports out of Jaguars camp, including Mike DiRocco, who covers the, covers the team and does a great job, talking about how DJ Shark had been the most impressive player in camp. Uh, so this is a name that had sort of been rising up draft boards. And we talked about him a little bit as a deep sleeper in the preseason here. And now, 
that preseason buzz has translated into real-world production. He's a top-eight fantasy wide receiver through the first three weeks. And if last Thursday night is any indication, there is a real connection between DJ Shark and Gardner Mishu. I have a, I have a serious question about that, Sorry. Matthew Berry. Yes, sir. Because you said that Terry McLaurin was a top-20 wide receiver. He is. And I'm curious, and I don't think you're the only one that feels this way, like— DJ Chark has done more this year as wide receiver eight than Terry McLaurin has. So why is there not more hype on, on DJ than there is on Terry McLaurin? It's not like either one of those offenses are particularly fascinating. You know what I mean? I think there's a couple of reasons there. Um, so for me, and by the way, I mean, I think DJ Shark is starting to get some, some hype, but if you ask me to compare the two, I think much more often than not, the Redskins will be in negative game script than the Jaguars will. The Jaguars still have a good defense. We'll see what happens with uh, with Jalen Ramsey, by the way. I almost, you know what, speaking about snarky tweets that you had lined up, and I almost did this one. I was just like, uh, like, hey, I think I'm going to be, uh, I like how Jalen Ramsey's thinking. I think I'm going to call in sick for being a Redskins fan or something like that. But then I, didn't, I couldn't nail the exact jokes. I didn't tweet it. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I probably shouldn't have even done that. Uh, they're not all winners, kids. What are you going to do? <laughs> They're not you got to try. You got to throw some out there. I should have workshopped that one a little bit. Anyway. Oh, that was like a Case Keenum pass. Yeah, exactly. Hey right? Oh, wow. Um, That's how comedy uh, works. It's funny because it's true. But here's the thing. So I think that the Redskins will be in much more negative game script than the Jaguars, who regardless of what happens with Jalen Ramsey, is still going to have a good defense. They still want to be a run-heavy team. Like they, They're excited. They feel like they found something in Gardner Minshew, but they still want that offense to revolve around that running game. They still want to run first. And then pass. And so with D.D. Westbrook, who we like, and um, by the way, and I don't know if James O'Shaughnessy, did he make your tight end waiver wire column? Because he did not. It's it's ugly out there. It is. I he like him. I, yeah, I like him a little fine. bit. I like him. Catch a game, too. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's keep point, it moving. So that's here. why it's just like Terry McLaurin is like the clear cut number one guy on a team that's going to be throwing a ton as opposed to D.J. Shark, who. Maybe he's the one, maybe he's the two. There's just, there's, there's more mouths to feed in a Jaguars offense that's going to be more run heavy than not. So that, for me, that's the reasoning. All good points. Philip Dorsett for the Patriots, available in nearly 95% of leagues. He has caught 33 of his last 34 targets. He's reliable. The 34th target, by the way, was a play. We talked about this yesterday on the show. It went to review, as you astutely noted, Matthew. If it had been called a catch on the field, and challenged, it would yeah. have stood as a catch. Because it was not called a catch on the field, it was one of those didn't have completely, whatever, indisputable replay evidence. The Patriots have played uh, three or more wide receivers on 72.7% of their snaps this season. That's up from 57% of their snaps last season. Obviously less of a tight end influence this year. Talented player, three touchdowns in three games this year. And to your point, you know, as we talked about earlier with the injury to James Devlin and the running game struggling, maybe they do go more three wide receiver sets throughout, right? And so again, Philip Dorsett, who's the 18th best wide receiver in fantasy so far this year, like, I think I might prefer him to, to uh, DJ Shark here on your list. So I might go, uh, a little bit different. Uh, quarterbacks next. Hold on, and hold we've on. Already, nope, not yet there yet. Uh, yeah, we got another nope. wide receiver. Dollar Shave Club. Oh. When we're talking about Dollar Shave Club. We can't stress enough the quality of their products. They spent years developing, crafting, and refining everything. They have everything you can use to look, feel, and smell your best. You name it, they have it. And as amazing as their shave stuff is, Dollar Shave Club is way more than just razors. Dollar Shave Club has you covered. Head to toe. 
They have everything you need to shower, shave, style your hair, brush your teeth, and yes, even wipe your butt. And Dollar Shave Club can keep you automatically stocked up on the products you use. You get whatever you want, whenever you need it. Whether that's once a month or a few times a year, you never know. You never have to waste time at a store wondering if what you're getting is any good. As a Dollar Shave Club member, trust me, we know what you're getting is the highest quality. And right now, you can put the quality of Dollar Shave Club's products to the test. Their ultimate shave starter set has basically everything you need for the amazing shave you want. The executive razor, shave butter, prep scrub, and post-shave do. The best part is you can try it for just $5. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular prices. Get your ultimate starter set for just $5 at dollarshaveclub.com slash FFF. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash FFF. Tom, now for a crappy promo. It's New York Times bestselling author Matthew Berry with another self-serving, self-indulgent, all-about-me promo. I'm here to help. I'm here to help, so I want to talk about a couple of things under the Fantasy Life banner. First off, the Fantasy Life app is 100% free. People continue to tweet me going like, thank you for pounding uh, the pavement on this and banging the drum. I finally broke down. I finally downloaded the app. It's 100% free, and I don't know how I lived without it. It's unbelievably so, you know, uh, unbelievable in terms of the alerts, the help that it gives you. Uh, it is super fast and again, 100% free. The community is amazing as well. Jump in, get advice. Uh, highly recommend it. Download it now. Fantasylifeapp.com. Again, 100% free. And if you hate it, just delete it. It's a free app. What do you care? Take 10 seconds and download it. Trust me. There's a reason we're at almost 4.9 stars with a thousand reviews on iTunes. Uh, and then by the way, fantasylife.com. You're like, hey, I like, I'd like a t-shirt. I'd like some good karma. I'd like a, like a hat. I'd like to wear a, some swag. Go to fantasylife.com. We've got hats, t-shirts, tumblers, you name it. Make you look good. Give you good fantasy karma. Turn that season around. Uh, you can use the promo code MB10 for 10% off at fantasylife.com. Good stuff there. Now let's get to some social questions from our good friend Keith. Hey, real quickly, before you get to the social questions, as Keith sort of goes through our... Ooh, our... We might have a social question that has to deal with the question you're going to ask you, oh, Matthew Oh, really? Barry. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Let's find out if we are simpatico with each other. Okay, sure. Or at least it can push you in this direction. Sure. At least I know you want to talk about running backs. And it's a me, Mario... Wants to know is... Well done. Wait, what was on, that? Let's just, hold on. Let's just pause. <laughs> it's the a me, a Mario. That was pretty, pretty good. good too. I was better. It's actually. like no, well, that's like my Pedro Alvarez impression. It is. From you want to do it? It's good. It's Back like, in the hey, day. it's a me, a Pedro Alvarez. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right. What's that's happening? Good. I'm gonna go with hey. Field Matthew Me on that uh, power rankings on that. Um, <laughs> he wants to know: Is Daryl Williams the running back to have in Kansas City? So we don't know the answer to that. So right. This is it's one of the early on in the week, right? That. Yeah. Early in the week. I will say that again, as we sort of talked about with Nelson Aguilar versus Wayne Gallman in terms of, it depends on what you need. Uh, if I don't need to start anyone this week, I would 100% make Daryl Williams your my, priority, my waiver priority waiver claim because there's a chance that Daryl Williams is the starting running backs of the Chiefs this week and or at some point in the future because LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams are both banged up at the moment. And they have been previously in their career. Like, even if they're, quote, fine for this weekend, like, there's no guarantee that they're healthy the rest of the season. And so, Darwin Thompson, we, you know, we'd sort of been told that this was going to be a Darwin Thompson coming out party this past week, and that didn't happen. They still want to get him involved. They still like him. But he's a smaller guy. He's not a 
he's not a workhorse back. Like he is a, he's a, you know, eight to 12 touch a game guy, try to get him in space, a big play sort of guy. Like a, a between the tackles guy is much more Daryl Williams, who by the way, played well at LSU when he was, a, uh, when he was in college. Like, like Daryl Williams is a real guy. And, and so again, he's a solid player. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying Listen, he's I mean, anything they, amazing. They wouldn't have signed LaShawn McCoy and, you know, and rescinded Damian Williams if like, you know, they hit, they felt like they had, I Magic. know that about I, I, superstar. He's a solid player. But he, but he's a, but you know what? He plays for the Chiefs. That's what th- matters. That's my point. Like, look, I mean, think about like, um, like think about, uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? But like, like Coral Buckhalter or, um, uh, is Bryce, um, what was his name? A Eagles running back for a nanosecond. That Bryce. What was am I thinking? Bryce you know? Brown from Kansas Bryce State. Bryce Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bryce Brown. Um, and like Sharkandrick West. My point is, is like, there have been a number of guys that are just a guy that have been fantasy relevant when they've been the starting running back for Andy Reid's offense. And no so, question about that. Um, they turn them out. They turn them out. So, uh, you know, Coral Buckhalter. I mean, like, so. It, Good so, pull there. Yeah, thank you. And so Daryl Williams, to me, is somebody that should be rostered if you're looking for just a high upside flyer. He's a guy that could get 20 touches on Sunday, and he could get none. He could be an inactive. We just don't know at the moment the the status of McCoy and Williams, but I do think he's pretty interesting. Couple more questions as here. Darwin got, Thompson. Keith? Yeah, uh, Mike wants to know: Do you trust Devontae Freeman as your running back two moving forward? Trust is a strong word. Yeah, Matthew says that always, and I think it's a fair interpretation in this case. Um, the Falcons he are better on Sunday. He did, and the that. Falcons are saying the right things right now about wanting to get him the football more. That being said, even when he has gotten the football this year, it has not been especially effective. The passing game usage hasn't been elite, which in previous seasons there was the upside for it to be elite. Um, I would, I trust him because there are so few running back options and there's not many guys that I can say are RB2s, but if I had to put him closer to the bottom of the RB2s versus the top, it's not even close. He's much closer to an RB3 than he is an RB1. I, I will also say that when you think about, if you go back to the draft and you think about sort of the guys that he was drafted around, right? I much prefer, like, he was drafted in the sort of the same area code as, uh, Derrick Henry, as Marlon Mack, as Aaron Jones, as Carrion Johnson. I think he's probably, even though Carrion Johnson has struggled somewhat and Aaron Jones looks like he's in more of a committee than we thought, I still think I would rank him fifth among all those guys I just mentioned. You know what, what I mean? Like, so, so I agree with Field in that I, he is a RB2, but would I feel like super confident? Like, I got this spot set? I would not. Keith, what else you got? Yeah, Chris wants to know, should we be panicking about Aaron Rodgers? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Here's what I would say that is because he was drafted in a lot of cases as the second quarterback, which may have been somewhere between like the sixth and seventh round. Possible. That's known as a mistake in the drafting community. Right. I agree, Daniel. You're right. But people may have drafted him that high because they felt not may have. They did. Right. They could have gotten, you know, a quarterback with 40 touchdown potential. The schedule has been brutal. We talked about this yesterday. Like it lets up a little bit earlier in this show. Uh, well, it's been brutal. That's right. We talked about it earlier on the show. It has been brutal. It lets up a little bit later on in the season, but they play in the division with two excellent defenses and potentially a third really good one, too. The Lions might be a, a legit defense. We'll get a better taste of them this Sunday against Well, we were not one of the two really legit defenses when That's you made correct. that statement. The three. That's correct. But here, just, here's, here's, what, here's what I think will be a great litmus test. So to answer your Aaron Rodgers question, I think it is... I think it is unlikely, to Field's point about where you drafted him, I think it is unlikely that you get your draft day value out of Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he finishes the year as the number two quarterback in fantasy. I agree on that. Right? And I think that if we redrafted today, he goes 
maybe in the top 10, but I mean, you're, there's a lot of guys you're drafting ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Sure. That said, that said, it has been a brutal start to the season. It is a new offense that they're sort of learning their rhythm. Uh, and I think a great test will be this Thursday night. They're at home on a short week against one of, uh, the most struggling secondaries in the NFL. The Eagles secondary has just been burned for three straight weeks. It is a, it is a tough, uh, it's been a tough road so far for the Eagles secondary. If Aaron Rodgers can't do it, he'll make the love list when, when the love list comes out, the love hate list comes out this week. If Aaron Rodgers can't do it this week at home against an Eagles team that is traveling on a short week with a bad secondary, if he can't do it this week field, that's when I think you can, uh, then you can start panicking. That's when you hit the panic button on Aaron Rodgers. But until that time, like I'm starting him this week and I still, I still believe in the talent of the player and the talent of the players surrounding him, that at the end of the day, he's going to wind up with good fantasy numbers because he's Aaron Rodgers. couple more here, Keith. What else you got? Yeah, Scott's thinking a week ahead here uh, with Tevin Coleman potentially coming hey, back. question for you, Keith. Where are these yeah. coming from? Just so people know that they can uh, – are these all coming from Twitter? Are these all coming from – because you can watch us live on YouTube. You can They're coming watch us, from all over. Yeah, we get them everywhere. We get them from Twitter. Twitter. We, just, we, just get them, we just gather them together. Gather them. Okay, so people can – just so you know, you can watch us live on, on the ESPN YouTube channel. You can watch us live on the ESPN app. You can watch us uh, live at, on Twitter at Fantasy Focus. And live on the ESPN Fantasy Facebook page. And the, so it's the ESPN Fantasy Facebook page, yep. not like an Correct. ESPN page or anything. Yep. So there you go. 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. All right. Yeah, so Scott was going to ask about Tevin Coleman. With him potentially coming back, is the San Francisco backfield a no-fly zone until further notice? Um. Well, he's going to probably be coming back in week five, and they have a yeah. bye in week four. So, right. yes, it is a no-fly zone until that point. During the preseason, I talked about how I wasn't comfortable drafting any of the 49ers running backs, and I got pushback, and it was like, yeah, I actually think there's a chance for them to all be, for this backfield to be dominant. And this is part of the reason why, is that Kyle Shanahan is fickle with his running backs. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, like I ended up with Tevin Coleman in a couple of leagues, and I'm already regretting it. Here's what's... I- I'm actually more bullish than you are. I, I think Tevin Coleman's a talented player. I think it, and listen, there is, there's certainly risk involved, and I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, Kyle Shannon was quoted, I think, in his press conference yesterday saying he's looking forward to the challenge of figuring out what to do when Tevin Coleman comes back because they've gotten great production so far from Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, and Jeff Wilson Jr. So trying to figure that out, but, uh, they will figure that out. Tevin Coleman, look, the 49ers, they're going to be a better team than anyone realizes. You know, they they're uh they're 3 and 0. Like and that's that's a team that is uh playing well, is going to run the ball effectively and so Tevin Coleman, who's out there in about 35% of ESPN leagues, he's not enough to make your column but not 100% rostered. Yeah, I do think there's some upside there because I think ultimately and maybe you're not starting him um in week 5, you want to sort of see how it plays out. So I get the I get the question, but I I do think that it will settle into something that it might be like Coleman and Brita and who knows, maybe Wilson, you know, vulture some more touchdowns here. But I do think given the ugly state of the running back position that Coleman could be a viable flex play, especially as we start getting further into the buy. What else you got, Keith? Lots of running back uh, talk today. Will wants to know for the rest of the season, Fournette or Connor? You want to take this one? Um, is that how you pass when you don't want to yeah. answer something? No, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll take James Connor. I don't know. I, I, I'll go James Connor. I was just going to say, because I'd already earlier said that I'm not a Fournette guy, but yeah. go ahead, make your How case about this? for Fournette. Let's do this. Let's let's not make a case. Let's just do this way. I take Leonard Fournette. You take James Conner. Season-long board bet starting week four. I'll take from week four on, 
most fantasy points per game or total fantasy points? Um, let's do let's do fantasy points per game in the event of an injury. But like, can we say it's like minimum? Asking. Let's do this: fantasy points per game. Yeah. Minimum six games played because if it's Fine. like you know they have one, you that's, know what I mean? Like that's, that's fair. fair. Okay. That's a fair thing. That's fair. Yeah. Minimum I'll, six games played. Fantasy points per game established. Right. Uh, from week four on, I take James Conner. From week four on, I take Leonard Fournette. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. All right, last one here, Keith, before we got to go uh, and uh, get ready for the next show. Good work on that board bet, boys. Thank uh, you. Josh wants to know, are you buying low on Chris Carson? Um, I kind of am. I am, too, and here's the reason why. Uh, Pete Carroll, we talked uh, yesterday about how some coaches, when a player fumbles, it's doghouse and it's see you later. Pete Carroll, and this is somewhat anecdotal evidence, but Pete Carroll is the most positive coach you'll ever meet. He is the guy that is always optimistic on injury timeline. He's the guy who talks about love and teammates and you know building this thing together. I don't get the sense that Pete Carroll's methodology to fix Chris Carson's current case of fumbleitis is putting him in the doghouse and letting Rashad Penny take all of the work. I think instead he's going to say, Chris, we need you. This is when the kicker misses a chip shot field goal in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter. He comes up the sideline and the coach gives him a big hug and says, we're going to need you in the fourth quarter. And then you end up winning the game. Like Pat Narduzzi for Pitt this past Saturday in that big game over you at UCF. That's what I think is going to happen with Chris Carson. Yeah, Pete Carroll's going to build him back up. The other thing is prior to this year, and I mean, it's been brutal. He's I think he's lost three fumbles. He's, uh, but prior to this year, Chris Carson had never fumbled in college, and he'd lost only two fumbles in his NFL career prior to this season. So it's it's not like this is a a thing that has always been that has always plagued his career. And I agree with Field. Like for the Seahawks to get where they want to go this year, they need Chris Carson. Like even if it's a a running back by committee, you know, wanting both guys. Like like they're not going anywhere with CJ Procise. I'm sorry, right? It's it's gonna be Carson and Penny. I will say. That if I had Chris Carson on my team and didn't have Rashad Penny, number one is I would check to see if he's available because he's out there in about 35% of ESPN leagues. So number one, just see if he was, he's been dropped. Number two is, especially if Penny is still hurt, we don't know what his status is. He obviously missed last week's game with an injury, but if he's hurt for this one as well, like make an offer for Rashad Penny. Like if I had Chris Carson, I would just try to, if there was a way, I'm not going to overpay for him, but I would try to get Rashad Penny if I could. But, um, yeah, I do. Uh, I am more bullish uh, on uh, I am buying Chris Carson as opposed to selling him, given, you know, certainly his stock has taken a hit. Good stuff there. OK, we are back on Wednesday with rankings and Mike Clay and star Fonya Bell and so much more. In the meantime, watch the fantasy show on ESPN plus plus Daniel. What else you got? Field Yates, I just want you to know that Stefan Diggs, I release you. And claim you as underrated for the 2019 fantasy season for Field Yates. There you have it. Thank you very much, Daniel. It's a fun day. He's going to go ham for three touchdowns on Sunday. You heard it here first. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace out. He's Matthew Berry. He's Matthew Berry. He's Matthew Berry. You're in the 06010. Never going to hustle in case you didn't know. Give me grief for being on SportsCenter for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail bait, feel you, you're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field gate. At field gate. Stefania your bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret squirrel, Daniel Dunn. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than 
Geico has the insurance industry-leading app that lets you manage your policy anytime, anywhere, which means that Geico is always there for you, if only everyone was always there for you. Like animal control, when you're cornered in your garage by an angry possum. Hi, me again. Uh, you guys said you would be here about an hour ago, and um, I think the possum is starting to get angry. I, uh, listen, I thought if I fed it, it would go away, but now it is ripping holes in the drywall and making some sort of nest. Just call me back. <laughs> Geico, always there for you with savings and the industry-leading mobile app.